Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. See, what you need to understand about the story of Joseph is that when Joseph received the coat of many colors, he was favored by his father. He was, he was the favorite. I mean, he was just, I mean, the blessing was all over his life. And you know, we get saved and we get blessed and, and we feel the Holy Ghost and we're coming to church and we're, and we're evangelizing on the street and we're doing, God is using us. Man, it's good. It feels good. But all of a sudden, Joseph, who was blessed, who was favored, finds himself in a pit. He finds himself in a hard place. He finds himself in a place of depression. Of anxiety. And he said, God, where's the promise? I thought I was favored. I thought I was loved. I thought I was this. I thought I was that. I thought I was going to the nations, man. That's what the prophet said. He came to me and he said, hey, brother, you're going to the nations. And I'm at a nine to five job. I've been here for 10 years. I've been working for 10 years, God. Nations seem so far away. What about all the miracles you promised? What about the dead being raised? What about all that stuff that was spoken? Joseph found himself in a hard place. But you see, Joseph had to go through the pit. And he had to go through the prison before he could ever reach the palace. His character had to be refined. Because if God gave you the dream right now, you would destroy your life. You're not ready for that yet. Some of you may be ready, but some of you may not be ready. You can preach the house down, man. You got fire coming out of your mouth. You're open. I mean, man, you're gifted. You got the anointing. But the devil would destroy you if God elevated you. And so he goes through the pit. He goes through the prison. And it says that he becomes like a father to Pharaoh. God is raising up people in this hour that will influence even the secular. Even those who don't know Jesus. Man, you don't, you don't know, man. People have walked up to me. They said, what's different about you? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling in the flesh. I'm, not, I'm in Dollar General. I'm in Walmart. I'm a, I don't feel I don't feel fire. I don't feel the Holy Ghost. But something's on me. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, something's on me. My goal for you tonight is this: that you would get so full of the Holy Ghost and fire that when you leave this place. People say, man, something's on you. Something's different about you. You go to school next day and the girl with, with black and, she's, and she starts weeping under the power of God. The girl all into new age and she's agnostic. And whatever she is, the power of God causes her to fall out of her desk at school. I've seen the sick healed at college and, and at school. Don't tell me God can't move in those places. It's heavy in there. It's heavy. It's, it's, it's depressing. Kids are, you know, they're, they're doing all kinds of things. But God is still moving. Because when light comes in the room, darkness is immediately expelled. It's time we walk with confidence. It's time we walk with authority. Say, listen, I know who my father is. Thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. Come on. God's gonna deliver me. God is my deliverer and he is my vindicator. I'm telling you tonight, some of you are gonna get filled up. And we're gonna pray tonight. Is it okay? Like I was thinking about this. I said, you know, normally the first night they're just, yeah, you know, I I'm gonna I gotta preach hell hot. 
All right, I got to preach it really hot so maybe you'll get saved. Who was the brother that greeted me uh, as I come in? Well, that was you, right? You said, maybe Patrick will, you know, get his life right tonight. I said, maybe the night, brother, this is the night that Brother Patrick gets saved. Can we believe for that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes you just need to get saved all over again to remember where God brought you from. Listen, if you've been saved 30 years, God says, come to the altar, you better get down there. You know, I used to be one of these people, and I, I used to say, well, man, they're always, they're always going to the altar. They're always, you know, they can't get it right the first time. And then I started reading stories, you know, like Naaman, how he dipped seven times in the river. And, and it wasn't just a little dab will do it. He said, go dip seven times, the number of completion, the number of perfection. And now I'm just like, baby, you better get everything you need down here at the altar. Because deliverance is a process sometimes. You got things coming out of you. You say, man, I didn't realize that was still there. Let somebody rub you the wrong way. See what happens. Something's surfacing, man. Something's, uh, the Lord's like, get it out of there. And you know what the Bible says when, when the Lord was telling the, uh, the Israelites, said, you're going to dispossess all these nations, the, the Hittite and the Amorite and the Girgashite and the Jebusite. He says, you're going to dispossess them, utterly destroy them. And you know, there were still some nations. My God. That as they were living in the promise, they did not completely destroy. Is it possible you can be living at the Christian life with residents in your life? With intruders? And they, they're dwelling with them to this day. Why? Because they did not utterly destroy the thing that God told them to. They said, I'll give you this much of my heart, God. But that's all I've got. That's all. I'm tired. We get lazy. I want to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom, but I don't want to press in for the deeper things. I don't want to press in for breakthrough. You know, Jesus says some of these only come out by prayer and fasting. I'm not a real big works guy, but I believe that works are essential sometimes. Honey, you better pray for your family members. You better seek the heart of God. But do you know what, the, know what the Lord said? He said, for those that remain, I will send the hornet. You ever just, the Holy Ghost, sometimes He just acts like a hornet in my life. I'm just like, please, you're aggravating me today, Lord. He said, you had a bad attitude earlier. He's just... He's just in. He's just in my ears, like Lord, please. I just, I just want to. I just, I don't want to do that right now. You know what I'm saying? Have you experienced it? Yeah, I know. If you, if you're half born again, you probably experienced it. Why don't you just go ahead and get full blown born again tonight? If you're just halfway, if you're just straddling the fence, why don't you just go ahead and dive, dive in the deep end? You know what I'm talking about, Justin. And the Holy Ghost is convicting you and saying, you know what, that, you, need to, you need to check that, buddy. You need to check that. And he says, I will send the hornet for any, the, th the ones that remain hidden in the caves, hidden in the shadows. You know, some of you addicted from drugs, hallelujah. Praise God, I'm glad. That's, that's the big thing. I know people who were uh, addicted to drugs for years, God instantly set them free. I know, that I've, I know people, powerful ministers of the gospel to this day. But they say, you know what? It wasn't the drugs that was hard for me to give up. It was the cigarettes. It was the dip can. Come on, somebody. It was the Netflix remote. It was Hulu. not saying Hulu's bad. I'm not saying, I'm a, you know, you can, you can use your liberty. There's liberties in the Lord. But listen, Holy Ghost is better than Hulu. Holy Ghost is better. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost is not enough for me. Hallelujah. 
I'm so honored to be here with you tonight. I'm so thankful that uh, Pastor Cornelius would allow me to come and, and preach. And uh, it's an honor. It's a privilege. You can be seated tonight. I know you've been standing. It's an honor that, thank you, worship team. And uh, at the end, I'll call you guys back up and we will we'll worship for a, a little while. See where the Lord leads us, okay? So, uh, again, so honored and thankful to be here. Thank you, pastors, for allowing me to come and uh, trusted me. You know, I, I don't take it lightly anytime I get to preach. And, you know, if there's five people there, if there's 500 people there, if there's, if there's one person there, you know, I'm going to preach. I'm going to release the word. Amen. Because, listen, I do this stuff one-on-one on the street. It's not a big deal if, you know, Holy Ghost is here. And so thank you also, Brother Patrick. He reached out to me. You know, there's some people you meet, and I feel like I've known you my whole life. And it just clicks. You know, you meet some people, and it's like, you know, I, I love you, but it's just not there. But there's some people you meet, and it just fits. And I feel like Brother Patrick is one of those guys, and uh, we've, we haven't known each other that long or, or that much, but I love that how, how on fire he is for the Lord. You know, sometimes when you're living for God in, in a radical way, because, I mean, there's a lot of professing Christians, there's a lot of people that say, well, I, you know, I'm a Christian, and it's, it's more of just a, uh, what, what, what's it called? It's more of just, you know, my family believes this. We believe in God, but we, we're not very close with God. We're not on fire for God. And, and I, you know, when you're living for God in a radical way, sometimes you can ask yourself, I mean, who, I mean man, where, where's everybody else? You know, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Where are you at, God? And I'm the only person, you know, it feels like Elijah. He says, I'm the only prophet left in Israel. I'm the only true prophet left in Israel. And, and the Lord's like, no, you're not. Come on now. Let's get real for a minute. I, I know you're high and mighty, but you're not the only anointed prophet in the land. You're powerful, but you're not, you know, you're not getting that. I have others. I have others who haven't bowed their knee to Baal, to the things of this world, to the systems of this world, you know, to, to the party life. Come on, somebody. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. See, the old things used to leave me, leave me dry, leave me dead, leave me stale, leave me, uh, you know, leave me feeling bad about myself. But when I got in the Holy Ghost River, everything changed in my life. Listen, there's nothing like coming home from church and waking up the next morning and getting a Holy Ghost hangover. Listen, I'm eating cereal and I say, man, God sure did do something in me last night. I don't want to do the same things I was doing because something in me has changed. Something in me is different. I want to live holy listen a byproduct of being with the holy ghost is guess what holiness i didn't say perfection i said holiness if you come at it from perfect for from a, a perfection lens then you're coming at it by works if i get myself good enough Maybe I'll get, I'll speak in tongues. Some people have been saved for so long they've never spoken in tongues. They just, you know, I got to get in the right posture and the position and I just got to get, you know, all my ducks in the row and I yelled at my kids before I came to church and uh, God surely can't feel me now. If you would just get filled first, everything else would follow in suit. Just get in the Holy Ghost, you know. We've got problems, we got issues, and, and, and we try to go at it from the outside in. But the Lord says, I want you to get some stuff right in here, and then everything else is just going to work out. Don't worry, be happy. Every little thing is going to be all right if the Holy Ghost is involved. Listen, even as the martyrs were getting sawed into, they said, thank you, Lord, for the great privilege of preaching this gospel. And, 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 and they entered in to all eternity, and they saw all the martyrs. They saw the 12-year-old girls that were martyred for the, for the gospel, and they saw all these great men and women, and they were applauded as they entered into eternity. I've heard stories that have rocked me to my core, and it, it was talking about... 
people in prison camps and they would get portions of food during the day and, and they would tithe a tenth of what they received from their portions un, unto the Lord. And, they're, you know, they're getting nothing. They would, tithe, they would still tithe it. There's a story I heard Jacob Peterson uh, tell. Do y'all know who Jacob Peterson is? He's, I believe he's preached here before. He told a story of a missionary who was being burned alive and, and fried, basically. And, and they heard him as, he was, as this was happening. I'm sorry if this is a little too graphic. If you have young, young people, just, you know, I'm not, I, I, need to, I do need to watch myself. But as he was being, uh, you know, as they were doing that, he said, Turn me over. I think I'm done on this side. <laughs> Laughing. Listen, that's joy unspeakable. It's joy that doesn't make sense to the common man. It's it's just, how can you have joy in this situation? I don't know. I don't get it either. Listen, I'm just as surprised as you are. All I know is I was bound up. I was messed up. I was broke up. And Jesus found me. I didn't ask for this life. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost sought me out. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Just one day, it just happened. I don't get. I don't, it was just you know you don't know where the wind blows. I don't. But you just got to go where the wind blows. I don't know where he's where what he's doing, but he's doing something in me. It doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, the Lord just began to draw me, and I started listening to Christian music. I'm like, I, don't, I never wanted to listen to Christian music before, but hey, casting crowns it is, I guess. I got some casting crowns, I got some Chris Tomlin, and then I, you know, I guess I graduated. I'm not throwing shade on casting crowns. They're still anointed. Hallelujah. I graduated. I started listening to the, oh, Bethel and all these other people. And now we got Maverick City, and who else do we have? Upper Room. And now I'm a little spoiled on all of it. You go on YouTube and, man, I've listened to this song 25 million times. I just don't want to listen to it again. But all of a sudden I started listening to Christian music. And, and you know, I, the things I was doing just didn't feel the same. I was just uncomfortable. I just, it just wasn't hitting the right spot that it used to, you know. And I started walking in church, and I, one morning I walked in church, and I just started crying. I said, "Why, God, why am I crying right now? Or I thought in my mind, you know. I said, why am I crying? This is weird. You know, I'm tough. I'm strong, man. I'll fight you that fast. Used to would have. <laughs> and I start crying, and and and. And I walk out of church, and I'm like, man, that was weird. I'm just going to go home, do the same thing, play the, play the video game, you know, whatever. Go to, go to be dipping, drinking, all this kind of stuff. One day my mom says, hey, you should go to a, this youth lock-in thing they're doing at the church. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't really like youth stuff. I don't like, never wanted to be in ch- children's church. I don't, don't want to be in youth. I don't want to do this stuff. And so I went, you know, we had a new youth pastor. And as they were playing, they were, they were, there was a time when we started worshiping, you know. A lot of it was games or whatever. But then we started worshiping for a little bit. And all of a sudden, same thing, Holy Ghost just touched me so strong. It was like liquid love and fire at the same time. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it, it, it's beyond emotion. It's beyond reasoning. It doesn't make sense. You say, what is this? It, it was so hot on me. It was like oil. It, that's how I can describe it. It was just like hot oil being poured all over my head. I'm, oh, I've never experienced this like, like this before. And the Holy Spirit, he told me, he said, tonight is the night you surrender your life to me. You surrender your life to Jesus tonight. Nobody led me to the Lord. Nobody gave me an altar call. No, I mean, praise God for that. I know a lot of people who have been saved through that, that way. But that night, God supernaturally did a work in my heart 
and I gave, I, I gave myself. I gave myself. I didn't repeat a prayer. I said I gave my life. Because we can't continue praying prayers that are not backed by our life. When you pray a prayer and do not offer your life behind what you're praying, you're giving God lip service. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Breakthrough, and you know, give me this is your new next level season of anointing, and you know, I I believe in all that stuff. I believe in promotion, financial blessing. Praise God for the blessing. There's an anointing to get wealth. Believe it or not, just ask Solomon. There's anointing for prosperity and blessing and all this. But God sees the heart behind the prayer. So I want to encourage you tonight as we pray or as, as we do what God asks us to do, just give your whole, whole self to God. Give your whole heart, your life, every part of you. But sometimes the enemy, you know, he said, well, you're going to go down there and then it's, you're going to mess up again. It's just something's going to happen and you're going to fall back into what you were doing. It's a lie. And can I tell you something? If you do, there's grace for you to get back up. Grace isn't a license to sin or to coddle you in your sin or make you feel good in your sin. But grace is the ability to say, you know what? I messed up big time. Hallelujah. But the devil messed up bigger when he came after me because I'm a child of God. He messed up bigger because my setback was a setup. Joseph's setback was a setup to bring him into who he's called to be. Listen, Noah, he, you know, before he, he built the ark and all this stuff, found drunk, naked, his, his, his kids had to cover him up. Cover him up to just, you know, he was in a hard place. God still used him. And God will use you. God will use you in your imperfections. And he'll make you so uncomfortable in your lukewarm and complacent so you won't have a choice but to change. Because when true revival hits the door, this is what Jeremiah Johnson said, he was a prophet. When true revival hits a church, they either hit the, the door or they hit the floor. It's what happens. They either hit the door or they hit the floor. Two things happen when the Holy Ghost comes on the scene. Actually, one thing happens, but there's two outcomes. Can I just say it like this? When you're cut to the heart. My God, come on somebody. You'll either repent or try to stone the one that has the message in their mouth. They said they were cut, you know, and when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they were cut to the heart. And they repented as, as Peter preached. So what shall we do to be saved? He says repent and be baptized. But then when Stephen stood before the, the you know, the religious council, they were cut to the heart and they stoned him. Some of the hardest people to get touched by God are religious people. You started out good, but who cut in on you? You were running a good race. Your heart was pure. Heart was pure, but we got into religiosity and we got out of hunger and we got out of, of, of you know, desperation. We lost our hunger, our desperation. Our, you know, you think you're rich. You think you have all you need. Jesus talking to him in Revelation. And he says, you're poor, you're blind, you're pitiful, you're naked. I hope this is not too hard for you tonight. But I'm telling you, it's time we stir up a fresh well of hunger in our lives. I need to get to what I'm, I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm saying something. Listen, if you didn't get anything out of this message, just know that the Holy Ghost wants to touch you. The Holy Ghost wants to heal you. The Holy Ghost wants to deliver you. And Jesus wants to be manifested in your life. 
you didn't get nothing out of the message, just know Jesus. Just say Jesus. Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, he's the answer to all your problems. I guarantee you that. I could speak a, mi- a million words up here. I could preach real good. You could give me a pat on the back after service and say, Brother, that was good preaching, especially for a young one like you. But listen, it doesn't matter if Jesus doesn't come in the room. It doesn't matter. just doesn't matter. Jesus is the main event. Jesus is the star of the show. I'm nothing. I don't have, you know, I'm not. All I have is by the grace of God. Any miracle sign, I've seen them. I've seen miracle signs and wonders. Anything that's happened in my life and my ministry, it's just, uh, uh, it's just Jesus did it. I don't know how it happened. Somebody walks up to me and said, hey, you spoke to me one time at a store and you said this, this, and this. I said, I don't remember saying that. I, I, I thought I just said, hey, hope you have a great day. Bless you. Jesus loves you. I thought that's all I said. But they said, no, you began to prophesy over my life and you said this and you said that. And I said, uh, okay, well, praise God. Holy Ghost must have said that to you because I don't remember me saying that. It's time we become childlike again. Just, uh, I'm not a professional. (laughs) Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power. It's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, not Father, Son, and Holy Tradition. It's just the Holy Ghost. It says they, they spoke as they were carried along by the Holy Ghost. I ain't preach my notes. I might. I, I, I want to get to what I want to say tonight. It's hard sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Joy of the Lord over you. Praise God. Over you. Praise God. Joy of the Lord over you. Shatarabasoko. Come on, somebody. Kerababasoko rababa. Fire. Oh, oh, come on. Receive that right now. Fire. 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 Holy Ghost. Joy of the Lord. Shake it up. So, yeah, yeah. Receive the fire of God. Pop, 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 pop. Holy Ghost. Fire. 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 Fire over you. Pop, pop, pop. Shake it up. Holy Ghost. Season of mourning's over. Morning into dancing. Morning into dancing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Morning into dancing. Sometimes you just got to rap and sing in the spirit. Just rap in the spirit. Little Wayne ain't got nothing on me, baby. I just get in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm going to get drunk if you're not careful now. (laughs) Oil of joy. Shed a bustle. Do you need joy tonight? Men aren't drunk as you suppose. Brother Rodney Howard Brown, do you know who he is, brother? He's a powerful man of God. It's talking about, I believe this is Indian territory. Is this, there's, I, I went through a camp. I went through a camp. <laughs> release, <laughs> release it, Lord. I went, <laughs> woo. <laughs> Holy Ghost. I'm not one of these preachers. I don't think I'm just like that. So I went through... Porch? Porch. (laughs) I went through porch and I saw the Indian stuff. And, you know, I I heard uh, Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown saying about those evangelists that went into the Indian tribes, okay? And as he went in, you know, the chief would come and every every night he was listening to him and just sitting there, just stone-faced. 
listening. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm breaking through to this guy. He's hard, you know. And one night after preaching, you know, several, several nights and, and sharing with the tribe, the, the chief comes up to him and, and he says, me not want little Holy Ghost, me want big Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. Me not want little Holy Ghost, me want big. Big. Let me ask you, do you want big Holy Ghost in your life? Me no want little oil. Me want many jars. Many jars. You know, as long as, as the, the woman, Elisha, Elisha, okay? I don't know the scripture verse, okay? I need to get better at that. Let me just tell you, you know, I know, I know the stories, but you know, some people are just like, they tell you the verse, the chapter, you know, I need to get better at that. I know the stories, I know the Bible, you know what I'm saying? But Elisha with the woman who had the jars, it says that as long as she was providing the jars, the oil just kept flowing. But, but she says there's no more jars and it just stopped. Just stopped. The oil just just stopped flowing, you know. That's what happens. And I, man, I oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost and what I'm about to say. Many times, the oil's flowing in our life, but we just stop giving God our jars to fill up again. I'm, I'm filled to overflowing. Well, why do you need to be continually filled, man? Because I leak. Oh, I just let some out in that situation. I better go get filled up again. I leak. I need more jars. You know, the more you give in, in the kingdom, the, the more you get. But the more you just hold it, hold it, you know, you bury your seed. You bury your talents. You bury what God gives you in the ground. He comes back and says, you wicked servant. It could have just earned interest. You wicked servant. We, we give him no more jars. Say, so just as, that's enough, God. I don't, I don't want to win any more people to Jesus. I'm telling you, when I have been on the streets preaching, okay, sometimes it's hard. You know, you just feel, you feel the resistance in the atmosphere, okay? I'm not, you can get caught up in all, oh, well, I haven't prayed through, you know, you don't need to get too caught up in that stuff. There is a place of praying and breaking through, of course. You need to be prayed up. But there's times when I feel the shift as I, you know, I've been out there for a little while. I've been praying just God begins moving powerfully. It's like an open heaven begins to form. You know, you have the, you, 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 you step out there and you're moving by faith. I'm not feeling it, Pastor. I don't feel like I, I want to lay hands on anybody. You know, nobody's going to get healed, God. That kind of, but you're just doing it by faith on the word, just. Praying, you know, and all of a sudden people just say, yeah, you know, it does, my shoulder does feel better. And at first I, I, I asked myself, I said, God, they're just, I think they're just telling me a lie. I think they're just, I think they just want me to go away because I was kind of the crazy radical. I'm staring you as you, listen, you got a walker in your hand. I'm, I see you across the store, buddy. I'm looking, I'm staring. They're, they're like talking to their husband. Honey, do you see that young man over there? Staring me. I'm just looking. And then I'm, I'm watching them and I'm walking down the aisle. Like I'm walking down aisle six. Hey, sir, how you doing? And all the workers are just looking at me weird and I feel uncomfortable. But hallelujah, I'm, I'm zealous. And I track them down. Listen, you come in. I'm chasing you down on the stroll. As you're driving the little motorized scooter, I'm chasing you down, buddy. You're not getting away from me. How's it feel, ma'am? You know, she's, honey, I still hurt now. I mean, I'm, honey, you know, I said, let me, can I pray again? No, I've got some things to do. I got, I've been there. Sir, I see you have no leg. Not making light of that. I mean, I mean, amen. But, sir, I see you have no leg. I, um, would you mind if I prayed for you? 
Come on, somebody. Creative miracle in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on. Do it, Holy Ghost. Do it, Holy Ghost. Listen, we're stepping into the creative miracle realm. The season of creative miracles. Not making light of that. But I see you have, have no leg. What, what happened? I believe, you know, I'm a Christian. They say, yeah, yeah. And these aren't Christians. I'm sure they're not as nice. I'm sure, you know, a lot of you would be much nicer. Yeah, well, yeah. I said, well, can I pray for you? For what? Your leg. But I'll lay hands on them. I've never seen that happen. But do I allow the experience of what I haven't seen dictate my theology? No. If you want to be used in healing and miracles, you can never let your past experience dictate what Jesus said. Well, I'm a Baptist and we, you know, nothing wrong with Baptists. Praise God for, praise God for Baptists. Praise God for Methodists. I was in a Methodist church. Praise God. Well, we don't, our, our theology doesn't allow us to believe in, we believe that, you know, the gifts and all that ceased when the apostles died. I said, well, you're never going to see it then. If you never step out of the boat, you're never going to walk on the water. So he just said, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a full gospel type of guy. I didn't get saved just to enjoy part of the, half of the gospel. You know, I didn't get saved just to, well, I'm, praise God, I'm going to heaven one day. It's a great gift. It's eternity. It's more important than this life, but what am I going to do? Just sit on the sidelines in this life? My Bible doesn't tell me that it ended then. I believe in the supernatural. And so I've stepped out of the boat many times. I'm uncomfortable. I don't, it's hard. Nothing's happening. You know, I've prayed for 15 people and not one person has been healed. What's going on, God? Just last week, I saw everybody I was praying for getting healed. Did I fall into sin? Am I away? Have I prayed enough? Am I away from you? What, what happened? But I want to tell you something. I've seen the most powerful breakthrough when I prayed for that one last person. I was at a, uh, it's called, y'all know what the National Peanut Festival is in Dothan? It's a big festival. And I had been praying for people all night at the, at the fair. It's a huge fair. Praying for people. Saw very little people heal. I'm like, God, I've been doing this for several months now. What's happening? I'm, and I was a little discouraged, you know. I, mean, I saw one person get healed. I was, I was thankful for that. They're back, and I don't know if that's real or not, God. Maybe it is. I hope it is. I walked in the subway at the end of the night, and I said, Ma'am, do you, need, do you have pain in your body? And she says, Yes, I do. My, my hip is, is giving me pretty bad issues. And I said, Well, what's your pain level, 1 to 10? And she said, It's about a level 8. And so I said, Would you mind stepping behind the counter and praying? So we prayed, and she put her hand on, the hip, on her hip. And I laid hands. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this hip to be healed now. I said, how's it feel? She said, it, it still hurts. I said, I want to pray again. So I laid hands on her again. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this hip to be healed. And she begins to weep. And she says, what was that? Come on. I said, that's the, that, that's the power of God on your body right now. She begins to weep, and the power of God begins to touch her, and she, she walks in the back and just, just God's wrecking her right now, touching her, power, power being released. And, you know, I was able to talk with her. I, I prayed with her. She got saved. I was like, you need to get in a local church, all this stuff. You know, we did, we did that. But what if I would have been so discouraged that I wouldn't have prayed for that woman? She would never have that experience. Well, I don't want to say she would have never had that experience. But that night, 
things would not have turned out the way they did for her. You just never realize what, you know, there's divine assignments. You know, you're feeling a little, you're feeling a little mad. You're in the flesh. I call it having a flesh fiesta. Have you ever had a flesh fiesta? Buddy boy, I've had some. They cut me off. I just and and, and you all you want to say something, but the Holy Spirit said, "Uh, uh-uh. and you repent. Flesh fiesta. And I've been having flesh fiestas. I said, "Lord, I'm I'm going in the store, and I'm not going to pray for anybody. And don't tell me to do it because I ain't doing it. I've been there." And somebody walks up to you, hey, aren't you the guy that prayed for so-and-so? Nope. Not me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, you prayed for her a year ago and she's still healed. How'd that happen? Prayed for my grandma a year ago and she's been healed ever since. I said, well, ain't that some encouragement? I'm telling you, if you're discouraged in this house tonight, just begin to serve and kick the devil in the mouth. Kick him right in the mouth. I refuse to let the life I lived before Jesus be more radical than the life I now live for Jesus. I refuse. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I refuse. I want to read this to you real quick. First, First Kings chapter 18 verses 20 through 40. We're going to get somewhere tonight. We're going to get somewhere. Hallelujah. First Kings 18, 20 through 40. Can you hang with me through 20 scriptures through 20 verses? We need the word of God. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Now this is a popular story. And you know, ever since Brother Patrick asked me to preach, the Lord says, I want you to preach a message called, Our God Answers by Fire. I said, that's what it was. That's what we're going to preach. Verse 20 says, So Ahab sent for all the New King James Version. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. I'm going to read all of it. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter? You can stand if you would like for the reading of God's word, I know. Amen. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, He is God. Come on, I'm going to say it again. The God who answers by fire, He is God. There's many gods who have set themselves up in this nation, but only one answers by fire. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, uh, Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first, for you are many, and call of the name of the Lord your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning, evening, uh, even till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. Have you ever been in that place? Just, I just, I need that alcohol bottle to just hear me. Feel me. Give me something I, I need. That drug you just turn and you're calling out to give me something. 
from morning even till noon, saying, O bell, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping, sleep, and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then Elijah, say then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Listen, some of you need to begin to repair the altar of the Lord that is broken down in your life. What's the name of this conference? Altered. I hope you become the altar and leave altered. I hope your altar gets repaired tonight. Why? Because when your altar is repaired, fire is going to fall down on it. Hallelujah. She's already got a little bit tonight. I want you to get some of it. We used to, when I played football, my dad, he was a coach, and we'd always say, get you some. Get you some, baby. You hear? Get you some. That's what I wanted to say to the devil. Just get you some. I'm going to get me some of the fire. You're going to get some of this Holy Ghost boo, right? Get you some. Some of you need to get you some. Of the fire of the Holy Ghost tonight. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. To whom the word of the Lord had come. Saying Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he had built. He built an altar in the name of the Lord. And made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. And he also filled the trench with water. Notice they poured out something. You need to pour out something tonight. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, The Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that they have turned their backs to you again. Then the fire, say the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench now when all the people saw it they fell on their faces and said the Lord he is God the Lord he is God come on you know why the fire of God's important because it lets those who don't believe know that the Lord is God why do I preach about demonstration of the Holy Spirit? You know, I believe, I believe, you can be seated. Why do I believe in the demonstration of the Holy Ghost and, and miracles? You know, it's, it's not just to see miracles and, and, you know, you can get into the Simon Sor the Sorcerer thing where he just wanted to see cool things happen without his heart being right. But when I demonstrate... The power of God, it lets other people know that the God in me is real. And He loves you. When I get a word for somebody and it speaks right to them, it lets them know, man, God, God has your number. I just want to honor my beautiful wife over here. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, her name is Meredith, my beautiful wife, Meredith. We've been married, you wouldn't think it, but we've been married four years in November. We got married young. Everybody was like, you're a little too young. I said, yeah, praise God. Maybe so. Maybe we were. But God still blessed it. Amen. <laughs> but... I don't want to debate with you. I want to demonstrate. My approach to atheists is, hey, listen, man. 
I think it's awesome. You're an atheist. Well, awesome. Good job. I mean, that's hard. It's hard to be an atheist. I mean, you got all this around you, and you're still an atheist. It's hard. That takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to not, to, you know, to not believe that the air you got in your lungs is from Jesus. I said, but listen, that's cool, man, but uh, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. College, I'm talking to him, and I said, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. Well, I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in big, giant worms, too. That's what one guy told me. I believe in big, giant worms. Well, awesome. Believe what you want to. It's a free country, isn't it? But big, giant worms won't set you free. That won't heal, heal your lust addiction. If you deal with that, I'm not throwing shade at you. You can be free. You know, we all go through things. You got to be set free from. It doesn't mean, you know, if you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're going, going to hell, you know. But you do have to have a repentant heart. I said, there's only one God that answers by fire. Allah won't help you. Buddha won't help you. Nobody else is going to help you. Your atheism is not going to help you. Why are you so depressed all the time? You have no hope. If you would just believe, you could get the joy of the Lord in your life. Upside down crosses, I pray for him. I say, how's your back feel, bro? He says, it feels better, but I know that I can make my mind, you know, manipulate and, and, and make my pain go away with my mind. I said, no, 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 no. It's Jesus. Jesus is touching your body. Had a man one time, he would just went off on me. And I said, well, he's like, yeah, the, you know, Christians are all just a bunch of hypocrites. They're all just that. They, they don't live what they preach. They don't do that. Well, some of them, not all of them are like that. I said, you ever seen cancer fall off somebody's face? That's real. You ever seen somebody get up out of a wheelchair? That's real too. Everybody's not faking it. Everybody's not just, you know. I had a lady ask me one time, she said, you're a real Christian? Like you're a real one? I said, I I think so. I think I am. If I'm not, God will help me. I know I'm being a little funny tonight, but... (laughs) Can I have the worship team come play? A few things I want to give you from this story. Number one is fire falls on sacrifice. If you want the fire of God to fall on you, anointing fall on me. Anointing fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing fall on me. If you want the fire of God to fall on you, you've got to sacrifice something. Fire falls on sacrifice. Fire fell when they had prepared the bulls. When they had laid it on the wood. It's not your job to light the fire, but it is your job to prepare for it. You can't make yourself speak in tongues. I can't teach you to speak in tongues. I can't can't grab your mouth and force you to speak in tongues. But you do have to prepare to receive the gift. You do have to open your mouth and let the Holy Ghost fill it. Fire falls on sacrifice. You You need to position yourself. You've got to be RTR. Ready to receive. Y'all know what those uh, that, those uh, letters also stand for, right? Roll Tide Roll, baby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Roll, do y'all feel the anointing? Oh, I felt something on it. You've got to be ready to receive. Blind Bartimaeus was desperate and he was hungry. Zacchaeus was desperate and he was hungry and as he climbed up that tree Jesus stopped and met him right where he was he was a dirty filthy tax collector but Jesus said today I'm coming into your house would you let Jesus come in your house tonight 
Fire falls on sacrifice. Number, number two, fire marks you. Fire marks you. It brands you. It burns you. It leaves a scar. That's why you can backslide but still have the mark of the fire of God on your life. You don't belong in this bar, they'll tell you. You don't belong where you are. There's something different. You're running like Jonah, but God's still chasing you down. The fire of God marks you. It's dangerous to be in a place like this because you risk getting marked by fire. When Peter had turned away and he was warming himself by the wrong fire after Jesus had been killed or as he was about to be crucified, they said, you're one of them. You're one of the disciples. You're one. That's what the girl told him. He said, you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Some, that's how we are. We're in somewhere we shouldn't be. We're doing something we shouldn't do. And they say, they look at you, they say, you don't belong here. Your accent gives you away. You've been with Jesus, haven't you? He says, no, 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 you deny it. Your accent gives you away. And what happened to Peter? He'd gone back fishing. But there Jesus was, ready to cook the very thing that he had went back to catching. Listen, some of you still have some fish to fry with the Lord tonight. We're going to have a fish fry tonight. I hope you're ready. Because the Holy Ghost says, you, you thought you were good, but you still got a, a few more fish to fry with me. He said, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. He said, okay. Do you love me, Peter? Again, he says, you know I love you, Lord. And he was, he said, you, okay. Then, then a third time he says, do you love me? And he was hurt. Do you love me more than these? Let me ask you, do you love God more than the things that you're holding on to? Do you love me more than these, Peter? I, he said, I tell you, right now you get up and go wherever you want to go, but one day somebody's going to take you and carry you somewhere you don't want to go. It's death to self. Tonight is the night to die to self. Tonight is the night to fry the rest of your fish. Listen, I've been a Christian and went through more deliverance. I'm telling you, I didn't get it all the first night. I got a lot. But God was still working on me. I'm not above it. Nobody's above it. This is what we're going to end with. Number three. Fire burns. It burns. It burns when you don't want to. It burns when you don't feel like it. The river's still going to flow whether you want to get out of bed or not. The fire still burns. It's going to mess up your normal little life. It's going to mess up your job because it's going to cause you to open your mouth and tell people about Jesus. It's going to mess up the things that you're comfortable with. It's going to take you into uncomfortable situations. It's going to cause your spirit to leap when you see the person that needs healing. It's going to cause you to step in to a new place. What did Jeremiah say? He said, listen, I, I wanted to be quiet. I'm going to paraphrase. I tried to be quiet. I tried to, I spoke out, but they're persecuting me. The prophet Jeremiah. And he said, I'm not going to prophesy anymore. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to release the word anymore. But he said, when I tried to, I was weary. It's hard to kick against the pricks, isn't it? It's hard to kick against the goads, Saul. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Why are you persecuting me, Saul? It's hard. It's hard holding in what God's done in your life. He says, I, was, I got tired. And there's going to come an overflow where the fear around you is going to get swallowed up by the faith within you. And he says, rivers of living water are going to flow out. They're just going to, they're just going to pop out. See, a drunk person, they'll give all their money away. They don't care what other people think about them. 
Why did he get them drunk in Acts 2? He said, so they would have a boldness about them. When you're drunk, you think you can get anybody. You think you can get the girl. You think you can get the boy. You think, you think you're Superman. You think you're, you're Conor McGregor. You're a fighting star. You get your tail whooped. But you're bold about it, baby. You're bold. You're extravagant. You're generous. It burns. And it's the thing that will keep you on this race. He says, I'm confident that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. So tonight, I want to ask you, is that you?